Hey, everybody, it is Chris Aiken from the Classic Metal Show and the Aftershocks podcast. And before we show you this next video, just wanted to remind you that you can add the CMSPN to your Roku. That's right. If you have a Roku or a Roku TV, just click the link below. It's in the scroll. It's also in the description of this video. And make sure you're logged into your Roku account on your computer, and it will add it right to your Roku. It'll add it, then you just refresh your device, and bang, there it is. That way you can watch all of our episodes, whether it's us or Skull Sessions or Talk To Me or Aftershocks or Classic Metal Show. I'll be on your TV. It's a deal, right? And it's free, free. All right, make sure you do that. And now here's the video you actually came to see. Hey, this is Mike Abominator from Ruin, Vrent, and Gasp. You are experiencing Poppet's Corner. What's going on, everyone? Welcome. Episode 101 of Poppet's Corner. Yes, we brought back the alumni on the show for 100 episodes later, almost maybe 20, because he was on, you know, a little bit a little bit ago. But uh, I'd like to bring on my good buddy, Mr. Eric Klubler. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, how are you doing, Tanner? I'm doing well, my friend. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity once again. Um, it was a, still a big deal to me. I still hold it in high regards that you were the first. So, you yeah. know, that opportunity, thank you so much. And look where we are now. We're still here. So, yeah, we cheers. still are. Cheers You're to you, buddy. Up. Cheers to you, my friend. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, I figured to on today's broadcast, because I want to get to a couple topics um, but I, I definitely want to touch on, not touch on, um, literally talk about the whole Great for Rising record song by song. Yeah. I think it'd be really fun to do that. Um, so I got, I actually wrote down some notes this time so I can remember some shit in my old age. All right. <laughs> right? What a pro. Um, but uh, yeah, but before we get to that, you know, um, what are you doing musically speaking these days? Musically speaking, uh, we're we're rehearsing again, and we're getting ready to play a show with you guys at Stages in Santa Ana in a couple weeks here. So uh, in the meantime, we have been fortunate enough to play in Arizona. Uh, California, as you know, is shut down, but back in late November, we played a weekend out there, and then again in late January, and that's helped keep the band just keep the momentum this entire year what we've been focusing on was recording the album finishing all the details which seem never ending in the and it's finally the release date is almost upon us which is april 23rd great fear rising our new void vader record will be coming out on ripple music and the pre-orders are out and i'm really proud to say that all of the limited edition uh colored vinyl are sold out already and um but musically musically so it's it, at this point is is playing live getting ready to play live again and you gotta gotta get those muscles back into it although they're not completely atrophied because we've been able to to play over the last couple months that's like so so beneficial we did our first rehearsal uh last monday at nightingale studios in burbank for the first time there that was actually a great rehearsal studio by the way i just have to mention that because uh, i was really impressed with the facilities but anywho um you know it's once again it's not so dusty um 
that's it, man. Like Void Vader musically, you know, has been getting this music out. That's been the main focus, all the behind the scenes work. And talking to you is part of that as well. It's great. Thanks for giving me this opportunity. Uh, I'd love to talk about the record. And now it's time to get back into performance mode. That's been that's been it, man. Um, so you're a one you're a one band show right now. Yeah. Usually I'm used to I'm used to you being in like fucking 40 bands. <laughs> and like it, it, it turned into that way at some point. Definitely when I was in between main projects, I just really get right back into it and have multiple bands at once and see which one might you know has potential. Um and then I was juggling Iron Knot and Void Vader for a while and Iron Knot shit the bed. But that turned out to be a good thing because when I put all my eggs in this basket, this was this was the the right course to bet on. I knew that for a while, but but I liked I liked Iron Knot. That was cool. Anywho, oh, yeah. um, anywho, yeah, it's I, I've been a one man band guy. I prefer it that way because I get it's a lot. I don't know how guys drummers especially seem to do this to be in multiple projects and it doesn't bother them or phase them they may even prefer it that way you know there's there's a lot of notes on the guitar man so <laughs> so and it and you know i sing backup vocals gotta remember those words and i i prefer to be a one project guy and um and i've been that way for god i mean the years go by so quickly but it's at this point since tw like uh, three years I've okay. just been Void Vader. Well, and it, yeah, I mean, since literally like the first episode we ever did together, you've, uh, I think Iron Knot was on, on its outs or whatever, but you know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned you, it's, that you mentioned that my theory with it, and you can speak either for or against it is, is I don't think with drummers, especially they're not, they're there just to do their job, which is like to, to, you know, they're not, they're not doing like the, the, business stuff behind the scenes on every project that they're doing. Do you know what I mean? They're not well, writing yeah, songs. I mean, everyone's different. They could be, if they wanted to, but I will say from the, the many drummers I know that typically I think it's a very fair stereotype to say that, yeah, they show up and, and they, that's what their investment is. Mm -hmm. So let's just rip on drummers. Fucking dickheads. No, no, but, but, but you need that in a band. Like there's has to be a give and take. I was just, literally just talking to Mike Abominator about this and he's so right. You know, it's a give and take relationship. You have to have people that like, just want to show up and play. You have to have, I guess I, I prefer people that are fully invested and want to do things above and beyond because I feel like the, the, it still is very much DIY level of things. Uh, we're signed to ripple music, which is really, I, I, I really respect and appreciate that label on multiple levels, but we're still a very DIY organization. And this is a lot of tasks and the more people you have helping the better. Now at this point, I mean, we're, we're primarily a three man band and, um, um, great fear rising, uh, Joey DiBiase recorded the drums and, but he lives in Connecticut. That's pretty far away, you know? And did you work with him before? We worked. Um, let me think. Let me think. Am like, I, am I like he filled in on some tours because um, our drummer, Herman, right? He had he had to move, he had to move with his uh, Swedish wife, Janelie. I mean, so Herman's from uh, Uruguay, Uruguay, and you know, I just you know, like my accents are obviously whatever they are, but um, 
uh, and so he had to move to London uh, and his wife is from Sweden. And so that was around, it was coming. They were like working on trying to, 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 to get visas and, and, and it just doesn't always work out. And so we had played with Joey before. And I think before we even wrote, uh, even wrote, started writing Great Fear Rising, he did fill in for a tour because he's fucking killer, you know? Yeah, he's a ringer. He's he's a one. He's awesome. Can, and he came in and nailed it. And then and then and we had been talking to him, and and we worked with him long distance, which is um, we can get into that, or I'll just skip over it now. But we worked uh, long distance about that, and uh, we're booking a, a tour uh, for the summer right now, and uh, and he's gonna drum for it. So that's fantastic. Oh, but that's awesome. So who are you who are you rehearsing with now? Sorry to cut you off, but Adrian. who are you rehearsing with who? Adrian oh. uh, from Next Mortis. And he's been filling in for us because uh, we do these shows that are essentially one-offs. They're weekends. And and uh, Sam and Adrian um, have been friends for a long time. And they're in a band called Legal Tender together. And that's been like a, that's a great asset. Um, you know, like we've worked with other drummers as well. We've hired guys here and there. Um, but Adrian's been working with us for like these one-off shows, like for six months and uh, it's worked out for, for all of us, but it's a very, it is what it is, man. He's, he's helping us out, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, Dude, so, I'm, stoked, I'm stoked to see him with you guys. I've never, I've obviously, is, is he doing the, the, the May 1st show? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Fuck, fucking a um dude so with that in mind well uh there's there's a couple more things i want to touch on with you um is that you know what is the biggest struggle for you personally within uh within the band maybe around the the quarantine times like me what is the one thing you've kind of ah it's like is it struggling with getting merch done is it struggling with like i'm sure it's not writing songs so i'm sure you fucking well we did songs but you know, stuff like that. Like, what is your biggest obstacle for you personally when contributing motivation. to Va uh, Void Vader? It's motivation because I haven't felt like I've really been in a band. I'm used to being in a band that rehearses at least twice a week regularly, regularly, no, ma no matter whether there's gigs, whether there's an album coming up. So, so oh, oh, we lost, well, we, we let our rehearsal space go. Um, we weren't using it. Like we switched gears. Like like we adapted to the situation. And and for us, um, we had just written this album, and we had just started a tour. We were in the middle of the spring breakneck tour, 2020, and and like we were outrunning the COVID spread on the West Coast, and then the East Coast was catching up, and they caught up. To with us in uh, San Antonio, Texas. So we got about five dates into it and we're trying to see, we're supposed to be in New Orleans on St. Patrick's Day. That would have been fucking cool. And, and just everything was shutting down and, and we called it quits there I and mean, we were forced to, you know, we, we and so we, we rearranged what we're doing. Like, let's finish the album. And that's what we did. So we came back and that was like goal number one. So you record the album that now we got to mix the album. Now we've got to master the album. Now we got to get the album. So all these steps of, and you know, from releasing albums, this is a lot of steps, man. 
it's not you don't just work I mean, on for what how we do things just once again like a very diy level we do everything and so it's all the steps and that's what we did which are one after the other after the other but at the same time so we weren't rehearsing regularly so why are we gonna pay for a rehearsal space so we let that go which is the smart right thing to do but um that was weird man it's very weird to me i've never actually spent how many years years and years and years of the, i've always been in a band or bands and i've always had rehearsals and regular rehearsals so that made it feel like even though we're like working on this album to get it finished it made it still made it feel like we're not in a band i don't like that i don't like that and then like one cool thing was when so we had, we had finished the album and the mixing's done and the mastering is done and we had um had we shot a video yeah yeah we had shot a video and so we'd done all these like kind of behind the scenes work type things but it's not musical but this thing it has to be done and um like i guess normally we'd be doing all this and rehearsing you know so you just kind of i kind of lose this physical connection with actually being in a band but but it sounds like you have to and you did the same thing that, that i'm that i'm doing or, or what i call projects to keeping my mind busy so i can't sit stagnant i think i have maybe what everyone else has is adhd or, or, <laughs> so so i'm literally having to um do a project to keep my mind busy man yeah no i mean trust me we, we've all become busy but i think more in a domesticated way and maybe paid attention to portions of our life that we didn't put as much effort into. And, and, and that's actually kind of worked out in its own way. But as far as rock and roll and a band goes, it, it felt like, uh, it kind of uh, like being in prison or something, you know, it felt very disconnected. So once we got these opportunities for these shows in Arizona, that was, that was, um, really unique most bands didn't get these type of opportunities and and i think maybe many bands would say no uh because they uh would have not agreed you know like they, maybe they would have thought that would have been irresponsible but like uh, we were it was awesome like it, like absolutely yeah we're gonna go out and do this so let's do this as an opportunity and it, it got us fired back up again and they went great and then we got two more opportunities so that we've had like some good luck with some some things to keep us together man i, I like things outside life can take over just i mean I, you can call them distractions or new paths in life and then something that might have just started as something to do can become serious and that could be i mean if, if you're keeping yourself busy with multiple musical projects that's great but i might it could be real life as well you could start a, a new career path or, or or something that leads you anywho but like playing music again and, and rehearsing with the guys is so fucking awesome that that's been like um uh, uh re really reinforces that we're that this is meant to be if, if you want to look in any sort of destiny type things like we're doing we're on the right path because i feel like if we weren't then just these speed bumps would have come up and just led us astray i i don't for me i i don't think this was um i think it worked out very well um i think this is pretty much over as far as as the whole pandemic's concerned but like 
you know, other people disagree with that, but I, you know, things seem to be getting back to normal uh, nationwide and, and maybe for everyone, band life is just going to just zoom back in. But we were able to, you know, we didn't fracture that far, uh, you know, our project, like keeping this, uh, keeping um, the band together to release the album and taking care of all the details that kept us involved and shooting the videos that kept us involved and doing podcasts keeps us involved and focused. And most importantly, like actually playing together in the same room. It's like, yes. Okay. But, but, but you, like I said, you need to, to, to keep relevant at a time when everybody's at their house. It's literally like all eyes are on us right now. Like this is super important for us to do. And so with that in mind, I kind of, I kind of saw um, a little bit ahead is in, 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 and I'm not trying to give myself too much credit here, but it's like, I wanted to keep busy in the podcasting world because I was like, how am I going to, you know, Madras is, is kind of was not put on hold, but it's like, everyone was just living life. Right. Yeah. The, we we uh we released the you know the the last record charting the riding earth last year which um you know and that's what my my project was it was like getting the artwork done it was making making sure the mastering sounded great it was um making sure my guys we all that we all recorded and it was done and and then in the podcasting world so after that that whole thing was done it was like how am i going to keep this relevant okay i'll do more podcasts i got the vehicle might as well do something while i'm doing nothing so with that in mind, it's grown for me to get to the CMS podcast network that we're on right now and yeah, and grow from, from there. So, you know, huge shout out to Chris and, and Neely and the guys, you know, for having me on this thing, but it's like this, it always, it led somewhere else that I wasn't even like, I didn't even know that existed for me that could exist for me. Right. With everything being normal and you found a way to channel your energy and, and create something positive out of it. And yeah, that's, that's, so that's adjusting with it. And, and we've adjusted in our own ways as well. You know, I didn't start a podcast. Absolutely. And, and it, it shows, and we're going to get to the record literally right now. I'm going to talk song by song basis, but I think you guys took a little bit more extra precautions or, or care when it comes to came to this because you had the time to, you know, it was, it was like what ne you needed to get through. And that's where, that's all I was going with that question was. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe that was meant to be. And because all of the other records really were, there was so much going on, maybe too much going on. And we refer, refused to give it the proper attention that it deserved. And this helped us focus on, all the details and i think led to the best product that it possibly could be i'm very proud of it like it's fucking great it turned out very well absolutely man and and technically correct me if i'm wrong and for the record this technically is like your first record like your first lp with the band technically because stranded was kind of an ep that you kind of put a couple more songs on no um yeah it was an ep and that's how we always rolled was to get something out um quicker than later and so if it was six songs we can get it out then then great and then that's how stranded started and it caught the attention of ripple and then we added we recorded four more songs i thought we were going to throw them all on there but we were th just threw two of them on there and and albums back in the day used to just be eight songs so to me that's great and so it did to me it qualifies as an lp I think it does. I, I need to pull out the rule book of heavy metal. 
I don't but, think there is one, dude. I think we make it up as we go along. You yeah, know? as we should. But you know, <laughs> and I like, um, I like more, uh, more music. I don't like EPs. I mean, I guess if a band like back in the, in the heyday, so they'd be touring so much, it was just no way they had time to write an album, so they could crank out some music to keep you satiated in the midst of their three year lapse or what have you. I thought that was cool, but. Yeah, I, I like to listen to to a good chunk of music, and uh, yeah, to me, an hour can go by very quickly. Beyond an hour, I start I start to fade, and, and most albums never make it that far. But you get what I'm saying. Um, so I guess this is our first uh, LP right out of the bat. I still consider it our third album because we got Dehumanized and then Stranded, and now Great Fear Rising, but. Do you want to get technical? I'm, I'm just talking on a technicality wise, like tech yeah. technically, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if that ruffle that was supposed to ruffle any feathers with that, with that question. I guess but a little bit because yeah, I want to have like little <laughs> peas and I want to be all uh, bona fide. As I said, no brother, where art thou? <laughs> He's bona fide. Bona fide. <laughs> well, yeah, dude. And um, well, if you don't mind, man, I'd love to get to the record and we could talk song by song basis and, yeah, you know, and and uh, promote it. I always like to. I wish I wish more podcasts and interviews did this, where they went through it song by song basis and kind of learned how the writing process and and what they were the band was thinking during it. But it's unique, you're the only guy I know of that does it. So, but like, cool. but like, you know, you only get like 15 minutes to talk on some certain interviews. Oh yeah, yeah normally it's just kind of a, a really shallow. But it is what it is, you know. You only have fifteen minutes to dig, so. Yeah, I mean, but but speaking of dig, if you don't mind, let's dig into this. Yeah, let's um, dig in. So let's start with just the 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 title itself. You know, um, what was your specific thinking in in naming the record? Uh, either did you have a preconceived like we need it to be this title and, and the cover needs to represent this or how did that all kind of come about for you? It, it does come out of necessity and necessity is the mother of, of invention. And I guess the first go-to, what are we going to name this album? The first go-to are the song titles. I got to change it. There's a black speck. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's the song titles, and and stranded ended up being the song title of our our second EP slash LP. And anywho, um, yeah, Great Fear Rising. Um, I looked at it, and, and I, I mean, I, I I think I suggested it, or you know, you, you run it by the guys, and it just it sounds um, it was is really perfect for the time, and the song was written for the time. We'll get to that song in particular. We can talk about uh, uh, Lucas's lyrics and whatnot, but um, it, it's 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 nothing new as far as conceptually. But um, it sounded it sounded like a, like 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 a professional song or album title that people would take seriously. Like I would like if we called that the album, I can't take it. <laughs> well, you're setting yourself up for a lot of fucking uh, insult. <laughs> it, it, you know, you you can run with that, make a lot of jokes about that, but it was it was a cool title that was timely with what's going on, 
and something that we discuss, you know, in our, in our small talks and in jokes, you know, going back and forth at rehearsal or when we're hanging out here and there, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought it was, it was a cool title. And so did Lucas and Sam. So it, like it, wasn't pre, it wasn't preconceived though. Like it's not like the album title came up first and songs were written around a motif. It was a song that was already written and finalized and and it just sounded like a great album title. Absolutely. Well, and with that in mind, you know, how did you, what did you want the, uh, how did, what concept did you have in mind first with, you know, the album title's already chosen, right? Mm -hmm. What kind of album cover is going to represent this title? And that's a big deal. And and encapsulates the whole package, right? Because an album cover is huge, dude. It's like literally how you sell albums. It's how you- you know, it's your, it's your image. So with that in mind, it's like, we got this great title. Now, how are we going to encapsulate this and, and kind of use one image to represent what this whole album represents to us? Well, I started first and I reached out to an artist who was kind of a, like a little bit of an edgy political cartoonist. And conceptually, I thought that he might come up with something, um, perfect for it you know and uh which wouldn't be safe which um and wouldn't be cliche because like all the heavy metal cliches are are done and so we could take this concept which is a a concept that's been around forever um great fear rising you know media pushing fear media pushing lies um to manipulate that's like a very standard heavy metal topic (laughs) that's and um, I thought he'd have a fresh edge to it. And, um, but, you know, he, he sent me some things out and the, and we weren't feeling them. So I lost that one and I paid him out of my own pocket because, you know, it was, it was, we went there, we tried it. It didn't work. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, then really um, Lucas is like, you know what, let me give it a shot. And um, he reached out and he, and he, and, and honestly, I think he found an artist through Fiverr and he started working with him. Right. And, and, and just kind of like, yeah, Lucas, let's see what you come up with. And he came up with a lot of these and here's the album. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So he came up with just some, it's a photo collage, you know, and very military, but I want to point out a couple of things that I think are so fun. The snakes, the snakes are great. They're, they're slithering by the logo. I just think that's so awesome. Just like, traditional biker heavy metal and the pyramids are in the bottom right corner and that's like you know just fun pyramid you know conspiracies and whatnot but great fear rising some of our our standard items you know guns soldiers you know um smoke and battle and chaos and fire but done it and and so he put this away i mean together and then but when he had it um the logo it didn't pop the logo didn't pop and great fear right like so the collage itself okay cool man let's work with it but well then from there we took it to our our artist graphic uh ryan bartlett oh okay who, who worked with quite a bit he was from orange county he's one of your um local neighbors essentially you know I, he worked I, on uh, no legacy compilation if i'm not mistaken yeah he, we've we've done and and like iron out worked with him i met him through doing a gig with living alive at the doll hut a lot of history with dude you know and 
And um, so we presented him with this collage and, and we're like, yeah, the, the logo doesn't, and he came up with this kind of triple, uh, you know, 3d image of the void Vader, which I think just, I think that looks really fucking cool. And then just the great fear rising actually has kind of a, sh uh, once again, it's 3d D, but it, it's rising and kind of looks like flames um, from different perspectives. But like, so we, we toyed back around with that. So like, we did come up with the collage. The collage looks cool, man. We just like, yeah, like the colors, like, like the imagery. I love the snake. It's fucking great. You know, helicopters are cool. I like helicopters, you know? And, and so, and, and the other important thing is like, uh, I feel like, like very much going with like, like Lucas, like put the ball uh, and the ball was in his court and, and like, yeah, man, that's, that's rad. You know, like, yeah, it's like going with this is, we can work with this. And then, uh, so, what I'm getting at is like not like overthinking anything. Oh, like that particular, like we we um, express our thoughts to a point, but like just not killing. I you know if you can kill an idea by just overanalyzing, right? But so we take that and and it was to a step, but like yeah. Then once we started working with Brian, um, and then he, yeah he took it. I'd so say it's like 50 50 because I think he really took that photo collage to a next level. And what is also kind of fun about it, honestly, there's not too many album covers that are photos. And if they are, they're one photo. It is different, man. Like, I, and it was kind of a happy accident. Like, like some, there's some, some thoughts going into it and working with people and then kind of just polishing. And that's, that's how we came upon the album cover. Love it, dude. Well, dude, let's, uh, let's get into the first jam. If you, uh, don't yeah. mind, um, I, I can't take it. Uh, this is the first track off the record. This literally will start off anybody who, who hasn't heard Void Vader yet. Um, th this would probably be the first, you know, if you gave him a CD or, or vinyl or whatever, this would be the first song that would come on. So with that in mind, you know, just song placement, if we, cause I, I, I'm fascinated by when bands, you know, they, how they place their songs to yeah. make the record like a cohesive thing. You know what I mean? So with that in mind, how did you guys kind of know what was going to be the first song? Like, what did you want the first song to be in your mind? Well, the intro is very abrupt, the uh, powerful, abrasive, staccato. And, um, and, and overall, as far as the song in general, I think it summed up the band very well. It wasn't, there's a couple songs that, that uh, tilt towards different expressions and different stylings. And uh -huh. I think this one was very to the point um summed up um it was like a median song but i say that in a good way like like yeah this is this is if you had to just hear one song this is a good one song to just get into it and just the intro to that song itself lent it to 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 be one of the best i mean it was down to that and perhaps losing control, which actually also has a really cool uh, intro as well. But we had maybe two or three um, and, and um, you know, we just had it. Uh, we were still rehearsing up at third encore at the time and discussing what songs were contenders. And yeah, the, this one, uh, everyone agreed on it pretty quickly. 
once we thought about it and discussed like why this would be a good one to do over the others and why this one was better. So the intro itself is really great. It's, it's, it's a great, it, it, it's an awesome song. As well. Absolutely. That helps. Absolutely. That helps. Well, dude, it ended up becoming the single for or one of the single, right? The A side. Like, that was oh, the first one. Yeah. The first the video side. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. There is a B side, which we'll get to too, you know, in a little bit, but yeah, this was literally the, the single that came out even before. I, I think this was like before um, in my, to my recollection that I even knew what the, the album title was. I just loved this song so much. And like, yeah, um, your the music video process for it how did you um the concept to it how did you um i don't know um what's the word i'm looking for but how did you approach there you go approach how did you approach the uh just the the concept for you know doing a video to represent this specific song well we at the time flights were really cheap so i called up a great friend of mine from detroit and got him a round trip ticket for like around 100 or 150 dollars and he was really excited to do something like he was at a point in, in his life of being kind of bored and everything shut down and uh creatively unfulfilled so he was on board as well to help out and you know you know, and, and, and be reasonable with the budget, you know? So it made more sense to like fly in my buddy from Detroit who wanted to do the video, than reach out to a person here in LA who may or may not give a fuck and just wants to like make money. Cause that's like their, their business or what have you. It was, it, it worked out fantastic, but we didn't have too much in mind for the video. And I gotta be honest. Um, since one of the unfortunate things, I don't, yeah, we weren't rehearsing at the time, so we're just not seeing each other physically, and everyone's got their own schedules now, and we're not talking as much, and, and talking about important things can be difficult to schedule these, you know, whether there's, yeah, Zoom meetings, basically. And so, like, I started to think about something I thought would be cool and would tie into what was going on. I wanted it to, it to be topical and that was about the shutdowns. And, and then I, and then, so I just wrote the video like the night before he came, I kind of wrote a little bit of a rough draft, but then I, like, I, I really wrote the video like the night before he came here and then, and then it was showtime. So it's not like we got to practice anything, but like, rather than having him show up and uh, well, what are we going to do? Oh, I don't know. Like play <laughs> a brick wall or something. And I, and I also didn't want the band to play because like, uh, to me, Personally, I, I just think that's kind of boring. Like, there's glamour shots of the band playing music. Like, I thought it'd be fun to write a story and have these little characters, and the spies are based on, well, the spy, the, the white agent and the black agent. Spy versus spy. That's literally what it's supposed to be. I loved Mad Magazine. And uh, the, 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 um, the operative who's in charge uh, is our buddy Jack Laser from, um, who's, who's known us forever. And, and, uh, well, he he. I think he does a pretty good impression of uh, of of uh, a person who might have a lot of political reign in this territory, being California. I think he did a pretty good job of that. And you know, I mean, and a lot of like like Ivan had his costume. I remember Ivan, who's a white spy, was in the drummer of Iron Eye with me, and like 
and he had that was a Halloween costume that he had from back in the day. And he was so stoked to use it again. It was awesome. Then the black spies, my buddy Jason, and and like he's wearing a hat that barely fit his goddamn head. <laughs> and but yeah, we so we put it together and I wrote a script and and that's um I think it turned out well. I was still kind of by the, the seat of our pants because like I just have these ideas and and getting it's all gorilla shot, no permits, no legality like we just just did it you know like like we hiked up running canyon you know with the guitar cases and like, like a drum case and we to, to, i call it mount doom but it's it's the uh west trail and anywho at the top of it you know that was like a a, a shot kind of for like from the guns and roses no rain video and luke is like really that was real that was a one taker you know he, he threw he's like and throws the guitar the case guitar down, down. <laughs> yeah. and that's me down there like 40 feet like catching so when i catch it like i really it really kind of knocks me back <laughs> and you're a big guy too you know so that should tell you everything you need to know that's covid pounds i can tell you that <laughs> but, but yeah man so we did that it damn near killed me you know everyone else buying <laughs> lucas and sam you know that was kind of like condition because lucas and sam can skate and that's cool as hell and so can chris like he can so he's like following them around getting some cool skateboard shots and we shoot down to the hollywood Stri uh sunset strip and like the idea is like everything shut down and we want to play and as soon as we're going to go in march you know he's like no 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 and then you know we did the benny hill thing with the um the guys chasing us and so that's how it turned out and that, that's the idea behind it it's kind of fun you know it's a day in a life of a, the band wants to play the show and, and the authorities you know Absolutely. don't want to allow them to do it so some like very very traditional you know authority trying to stop rock and roll but very like and, and also it was if you remember we had like these crazy fires that never ended and and there's it's, it's like a, a one or a half second shot of the sun that's like right around my neighborhood but it's like my buddy was disappointed because he came from Detroit and he was hoping for beautiful California weather and everything. The sky is like either gray or blood orange red because it's just filled with smoke and it killed. I mean, you, could, you know, you could like taste that damn smoke, you know? So. And it's, it's probably even worse than LA um, smog. It was. <laughs> you know, it was LA, straight up. yeah, it's a, it is what it is. Right. But no, it's a, it's a great video. I just, I, um, I was really excited. I got really excited. Like, being, oh, dude, they're back. This is fucking awesome. Like, something's coming mm -hmm. down the pipe. So it really, it really like did something for me because I'm a fan of the band, as you know. Like, I'm a fan of yeah. what you guys do. Um, so this was like, oh fuck yeah! Like something's coming. Like, when is this gonna drop? So you know. I think well, the thing was we had it done for a while, and then and but then like the album is not getting released till now. So now we're in a predicament because we finished the the video uh in, in october and i think we i mean when that was like taking its time i'm like dude you don't have to rush for this but then now this thing's like becoming perhaps irrelevant you know and and so we had to we're like dude todd who who runs ripple music like we want to release this like i understand the album's not coming out till you know a april 23rd but we want to release this now. So we released it in like early December and I'm glad we did because that's where, where the world it ended up staying that way. But like, yeah, there was a lot of uncertainty. And so I didn't want the, the entire video to become ir irrelevant because it was very topical. It was. Yeah. Like in a perfect world, it actually would have just been released like a couple days after, you know, a day after we shot it. Yeah. But it's, it's for the time it's, it's, it, it's, 
recorded in the time for the time. As, yeah. I, as, I, as I like to say it, right? So in the time, yeah, I, for the time, but like it, it should have some longevity because it'll still have just uh, very universal um, themes that will I don't think will ever go away. Well, yeah, and what was cool about it too? I mean, obviously, it's not it's not dated at all. It doesn't seem dated in terms of like you know I didn't see a bunch of people wearing masks. I didn't see a bunch of like oh, we was, yeah, we weren't wearing masks. Man. Yeah, but I'm we saying yell, we got, there was some Karens yelling at us. I'm sure, of course there were, of course. But I'm saying like it it it's in that regard, it doesn't date the video. So I, well, yeah. I applaud you guys for that. Yeah, man. Uh, yes and no. I mean, there are actually some scenes where I think there's some advertisements of like COVID nineteen this COVID, because they were pasted but, to the sides of the walls, and you can see the realistic Hollywood where everything it was shut down, like 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 very strictly back then. So yes and no, but but I agree. If like if we had done a video just wearing like masks, I think that as um, if you watched it 10 or 20, you know, in the future, that'd be like kind of, kind of lame. Well, yeah, people would be confused at it. So I just, I, and I think it was very, it would have been very unrock and roll. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, now the B side, as I call it, there's a B and C side now, mm -hmm. but the B side to this is, is I want more. Um, and I know you had shot a video for this. I know it came out like a couple years, uh, a couple, a couple years, a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. um, um, so walk me through choosing the B-side for this record that was going to represent this. Yeah, I guess, you know, it is a second song. So it, it's still a, it, it's a second song and uh, it's up-tempo. And, and, and I think that we were doing our photo shoot and we were listening to the album with a photographer, Nikki, who also shot that video, shot and directed. That's, that's a Nikki, you know, that's, that's her gig. And, um, it just seemed like it seemed like a great song. It has a great, you know, very very catchy hook to it, and for uh, some reason, this song kind of jams. It kind of kicks ass. I always I think I think of that song as like Megadeth meets Guns N' Roses, um, especially like the verse is very Guns N' Roses because like live Sam and Lucas sing it at the same time. Um, you know, so you got that low octave and the higher voice, which Guns N' Roses, I, I, I like that sound. And then just like, it's just, a, it's just a great tune, man. We were digging it and we were like, let's do that one. And also the, the idea of it was, I want more, like this is not enough for us. Okay. I thought of it, yeah, that's like kind of, and, and we, that's kind of some of the pushing, um, some of the attitude and uh, lyrically, like uh, we don't like to, be a band that's like a real pessimistic or complainer band. We just, we literally are striving for more out of life and, and, and want more out of life and whether that means so like, yeah, we're not happy where it is and we don't want to go down and we don't want to just sit in the corner and drink ourselves into the gutter and just, you know, fall, fall down and die. We, we want to expand and grow and do what it takes, you know, and we kind of feel like we're here. Why aren't we here? Like, we want to get here, but we don't have this like genie in a bottle mentality of like, okay, let's like get some Alibaba wishes or something. And, like get on this magic carpet ride to fucking uh, Oscar land or right? Oscars from Grammy land or, <laughs> you know, it's, um, they're like, yeah, this is cool. This is all right. No, we want more. Like I know there's more. I've, I, I, I know there is. So like, we're, you guys aren't going to just going to keep us down here. We're going to get there. 
you know? Absolutely, man. Like I said, I, I think this is the perfect B-side. After listening to kind of this whole record, I was like, I understand why you guys chose the songs you chose. Cool. Um, yeah. Because I'm all about, I'm all about like, and thank you very much in advance for sending me the record so I could, you know, have the material to do this interview with you and, and be on the same page. Right. So thank yeah. you for that. But I think after That's listening to it true. over and over and over again, it's like, I get why they chose these specific songs, you know, but well, I'm like, high also, we want to like, yeah. we want to like keep kicking ass, you know? Yeah. And I'm also like, I'm like, what, they could have chose this one and they could have chose this one, you know? So it's always like that. So that's how mm -hmm. I know it's a great record is because I'm like, fuck, I wish they chose this one. I like this one. It's like, you know, but, but, and say that too, I don't think, and don't take us the wrong way, but I, I feel there, are, these aren't the strongest pieces of the album for me, and it's, which is a great thing. Do you know? Yeah. What I, mean? I do know what you mean. And that's where, um, well, well, we'll get to Great Fear Rising, which I think is is more what I'm talking about. The other ones are a little bit more; uh, they're not in the in, in the center. They're they're a little bit outside the box, which is cool. Except, but we wanted to show what the band is about, right? So, so other people might I like this song because this is stonery. I like this song because this is thrashy. I like this song because this is like punky, et cetera, et cetera. But those are different, more um reaching outside of songs so in these tunes i we felt were just more just, just like right in the center just hit them in the chest i love it and but that's what i'm saying that's why i understood why you chose those yeah that, they made they made sense to me cool so um let's go with uh let's go track three so there's something wrong with us um i and i again don't take this the wrong way when i first heard this i was like oh this kind of reminds me of like i'm listening to k-rock almost in like the 90s or mid 2000s <laughs> because i got a, a kind of a pop punk kind of vibe yeah. and i'm like i really like this because of it reminds me of when i was riding in the car with my mom driving and turning on k-rock and i would hear i don't know the offspring or or incubus or something because i like i grew up with that stuff i like i like the offspring more than incubus but, but ab well, absolutely great no great analogies and, and very well um thought out and and and, and good like good examples and you're right so this song is more pop punky and like, it's a song that I had is some ideas when we're writing these tunes, you know, um, go, you go back in the hard drives and, um, it used to be cassette tapes, but I took all those cassette tape ideas and, and, and put them on there. But I liked, I liked the melody and I had it on there and, um, I had a couple pieces that I thought were strong enough to like work with. And so I worked with them more and, and, and polished them up and made them presentable. And um, had about at least half the song written, at least the intro, verse, chorus. And then maybe we, we got to the middle breakdown. That was written on the spot. The studio was really cool, real quick. Like how the, the writing process happened was pretty much like mostly uh, Lucas or I would, would come up with like, like a chunk to, to throw at the band. Do you like this? Yes or no? Uh, yes? No? Okay, cool. Learn it. And then we'll get together. Um, a rehearsal and play this live together but live not you know we, we didn't have a drummer we didn't have a drummer we we're just playing um instruments you know two two bass drums like did i what i two guitars bass i said that completely wrong that's so funny anywho but but when we got this together live so so now like okay how's this sound how's this feel and we still like turn up enough to like feel it so we kind of got the best of both words like worlds like we're demoing on 
essentially laptops, computers. And, but then we're trying it out. But everyone comes in with, with the parts, like, like learned. They're, they're aware of them. This isn't, like, just presented. So you don't just, like, fall on your face, like, right from the get-go. That being said, everyone advanced pretty quick. So if you show it to them right then, they'll, they'll learn it. But so we did it both organically. But we organically and um, I guess unorganically, like demo style, you know, like just laptop style. So that's how we went back and forth. But like, and and I think everyone thought the same thing. This is a little weird. This is a little pop punky. But it, I think it grew on everybody. And um, this, you know, especially because uh, I demoed this song, which is hilarious. <laughs> like amazing. And then Lucas does much better. And Lucas well, has a great voice. He's yeah. I mean, no offense. He is the singer. Yes. Um, but we'll get to. I mean, I I we'll get to we'll get to it. I, I want to yeah. say when it, we get to it. But um, but the, the song grew and it does have. And then um, you know, I, I wrote the lyrics, uh, which work. And and, and um, yeah, man. The, the like. Well, that's uh, like <laughs> well, for, I mean, for um for all what's kind of neat about it. That's this. Uh, there's something wrong with us. Is actually. Herman's favorite song, because Herman is not a heavy fucking fucking. Uh, he's not a heavy metal fan, really. He's a rock. He like you know, like he likes he likes it more musical and more hooky and more. This so he was like, I really like that song. That's good. Yeah, it, it, this, it's a little. This is one of the more melodic pieces to the record for me. Um, I can it definitely is. sense that. So, um, like I said, I'm a fan of it just because I grew up with it. You know, it's like it was kind of a nice little throwback for me. Because, well, am I listening well, to a radio station right now? It's very radio friendly. It could be. It could be. And I almost thought, like, maybe that would potentially be a decent. Would that be a good first release? Because, yeah, like just like you said, like this has some radio appeal. If if he wanted to like pursue that, but once I don't think it's like a good uh, representation of the band. This is like something we can do that's cool. I think, and and. and for anybody else that just like puked in their mouth because they heard the words pop punk and stuff like that. No, we, we metal, like we void Vader it up. I, I think we make it our own and, and make it like all this stuff still has a very cohesive edge and rubber cement that keep ties it together. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, um, I, I'm, I'm like what all you guys are. I'm a music fan. So this was like, it was like, oh, this is cool. I can get behind this because I just love music. So, you know, and maybe because I grew up with it. So there's some nostalgia factor for me. Sure. And then one last thing is I just kept hearing that hook. There's something wrong with us. Right. We've somehow lost our trust. And I thought that was actually a, a cool, like, I hope it's not cliche. It's kind of, uh, in a sense, uh, it's not a love song, but it's a song about relationships, which I think is cool for a band Interesting. to tie into to tie into and it's about a dysfunctional relationship and like realizing it oh and i got something totally totally different than that okay okay you know, yeah. it's about a relationship that's gone sour <laughs> and getting worse by the day and getting potentially dangerous which 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 um can can be very real i feel like some people might identify with that but i you know like if you if you write about love or relationships it tends to be like one directional you know maybe just focus uh, so i thought it was a, a different 
unique take on it. And I didn't think it was like psycho. Like there's also the psycho death metal side of it, which is like, I'm going to kill everybody, you know, but it, that wasn't it. It was just realizing that something's becoming very dangerous. Something that was once beautiful has gotten rotten and is, is, is turning very bad. And, and Absolutely. Dude, that's interesting that you say that because I was thinking, I'm like, there's something wrong with this. I thought it was like a society thing a so- or a societal thing. No, no, no. Yeah. Boy and girl. Okay. That's cool. I mean, but but the fact that I got a, another interpretation from it. Yeah, that's cool as well. You know, it, there's not like that many words in it either. <laughs> so that's. I thought it was like I said, I thought it was like. easier to remember, but yeah. yeah. I thought it was like, oh, like something's wrong with our society. So I was no, like, oh, this is no, awesome. Not it. No, too- I, may, I might not like the song anymore, Eric. You might just have ruined it for me. No, I'm just, just fucking with you. Just fucking with you. All right, dude. Move, moving on. Go for it, dude. Uh, I don't, if I, if I cut you off, just feel free to chime in, dude. Nope, no. I was just making small talk. <laughs> so um, track four, Losing Control. I really love this song. This is probably my second favorite from, from the album. Cool. Um, I love the thrashy beginning. It's heavier, it, but it still possesses the melodic side that is Void Vader. Yes. I can tell who wrote what um, a little bit more in this particular track, I, I think. Maybe. I'd like to hear your... your uh... Well, I always thought that uh, either you or Sam were like the thrashy guys. So writing those thrashers, I was like, something... No? A little Go bit? Go ahead. No. So I'm, I'm listening. And then the melod- the melodicism comes. I think the melodicism definitely comes from you and Lucas working together. That's how I feel about it, but I'm, I could be totally wrong. Um, so educate me a little bit. Okay, well, this song. Let me think about it. This song was, as, as far as like basics, was completely written by Lucas, and that includes from the intro to the verse to the the bridge to the sepultura i call it the sepultura part to the middle mm-hmm. yeah uh, lucas wrote all of the um the main riffs for this song and it was primarily i called this song power trip when we did it and 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 we were listening to power trip a lot at the time um not necessarily like the exact moment we wrote it, but like around like for the past couple of years, we'd been listening to them on the road and like, oh, this, no, this has that vibe. And um, that's where it came from. And then it looks like, we, well, we can't call the fucking song Power Trip. And actually one of our fans just, uh, we just still didn't have a name for it. And we played it once at the old, uh, I want to call it the old Miami, but it's not, it's the, the old town pub in oh. Pasadena and one of our fans uh Craigers it's called losing control and he, I mean, he says that in it and I was like all right I mean it's a little bit I mean kind of that's kind of cliche actually I think my wizard had a song called losing control but you fuck it man you know sometimes it's like it's a song title and it works but like yeah Luke Lucas presented us this tune and what makes the song work primarily, but besides just like the energy of it and stuff like that, the hits, the hits, the bomb, 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 boom, which is fun. But really, we play this this one riff like forever, and it is the goddamn vocals, and that's what carries it, which is really cool. And actually, one of the also neat things is um, Nick Belmore, who who mixed the album. Side like quick history on him, he's like a he's in a jasta he's the drummer of toxic holocaust like he's another drummer in a million fucking bands d snyder um 
probably a bunch. Of, but those are some some like really big names. And then and then he's got he's also like a an incredible recording mixing mastering engineer. And and I had this is through Joey DiBiase and their friends because they're from fucking Connecticut. And there's like 400 people that live in the whole state, <laughs> and they all it's know so each true. other. It's so and, true. That's cool. You can drive the whole, through the whole thing in a half hour, but it's great, you know. So um, it's really just a suburb of like New York. But, well, I mean, and sorry to all the Connecticut fans, but we love it. That's great. I, I think it's cool. <laughs> I think it's super cool. But come on, that's how it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, dude, so I was totally wrong on that, but but also too, I didn't have lyrics and and I didn't have any of this information, so it was always going off of. No, but uh, I like my I like to hear that, and and yeah, Lucas is super like uh, just just melodic and and whatnot. I can definitely see where like and and, and like uh, Sam's like the skater, the thrashy guy, kid, you know, and, and and I'm the old fucking drunk, you know. So <laughs> and, you know, I can see how you could definitely. But well, I thought you were the melodic guy. I always think uh, Eric Kuber, he's melodic, hard rock melodic, hard, or melodic yeah, hard rock. We, we can talk all day, man. I'm going to start just wearing, flying the flag of glam metal. I love that shit. I love it more every day. Dude, oh. I've, I've been, and not to get off tangent, but I bought uh, Dawkins Tooth and Nail. Wait, what, like that record fucking rules, dude. I still I like actually attack better, but with us, we're oh, a different podcast, that, my friend. That's okay. That's okay, though. But I'm saying I never realized how much I love Dawkins until. That's great, man. It's so much that. Oh, uh, we were. I was hanging out with my buddy today. We we're listening to it's. I mean, we call it the new Accept album, but it came out in like 2011, 12, Blood 13. Of Nations. I don't know. Great. It's awesome. It's just oh. absolutely great. It's also ten years old. <laughs> I know. So that's new, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's fucking awesome. But but yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I I just think it's all hard rock and, and metal to me. I don't, you know. I, I think that well, I think unfortunately, it really got ostracized. And I understand like you how the thrash guys ripped on the glam metal guys and the that it was really kind of one side. Well, maybe the glam metal. Oh, I do have like. It's interesting. Hard rock, glam metal people. So, oh, so you play an oh, oh, oh band? That's what they say to me. This oh, oh, oh. That's the type of music you play. And I'm like, I, I, I guess. I mean, it's, it's not like, you know, every rose has a thorn. Is that what we're getting at? So it's like you can't ever win. But it. So I guess those things still happen. But I think man, there's just there's so much kick-ass music, and that's uh, a lot of great things to be pulled from that. Absolutely, dude. Style. The musicianship on on both sides of that spectrum are are off the chain. So can't great, can't, can't disagree. You know, can't discredit any kind of style of music just because um you know you don't like it or whatever. But all right, so so this is my favorite track off the record, and I probably oh, wait, 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 wait. Can I sure. say my contribution to losing control is sure. Is it? So I added that, it and that's sense. the layer. And by the way, and those are things that, like, without that, I think the chorus would have been fucking boring. Well, actually, maybe it'd still be cool, but not as cool as it is now. And I think that, and actually, I think that's one thing that Joey, when he came out, we were jamming that live because we worked long distance on this, and we find, you know, the final tweaks and polishes are live in the with, with Joey. It's like I like that part, so that gives a total credit because he's goddamn East Coast hardcore. Yeah, but it but it gives the yeah, song character. Soft spots. Yeah, but it gives the song character. For well, sure. it was, yeah, it was a cool part, and so and that's what I like to add. When you have two guitars, I say use them. 
you know, two guitar players, like, why, why, why would they, you know, unless it just becomes, oh, you don't want to have constant fucking harmony, right? But um, the other thing is, uh, the first, I mean, is it a solo? Is it a fill? I don't know. And I'm very proud of that first little piece. It's cool. Again, you just proved my point again. Melodic hard rock. So there you go. Yeah, um, so let, let's go to my. So this is my favorite track. And I'm sorry if this is cliche. I'm not sorry as well because this is my favorite track. Uh, the, the, the title track. I just love everything about this fucking song. Rules. Cool, yeah. Especially the chorus. Um, I think Lucas outdid himself on vocally speaking. Um, he really, really kind of like put his like kind of heart and soul more into this track for me. Um, and that's why to me, this is my favorite jam. This is the one I kind of always go back to. So talk to me a little bit about either like working with him vocally or just kind of watching him do his vocals. And did you add anything into that element or was it just all Lucas? I mean, as far as this, this, goes. this was all Lucas. And what happened with this is that um, he was sitting around and watching some talking points that were going back and forth on some just like mainstream media shows that they keep repeating over and over these specific phrases and he wrote them down and and, and kind of formulated a song around around their phrases their, their choice words that they kept uh, saying over and over and um and this is something i had been talking about like he always thought it was funny i'd say the lies of the media and, and he's like, well, man, I was watching it. And, and uh, I, he's like, I was cracking up just like listening to them just like push this fear. And, and he wrote a song about it, made it into song form. So that the lyrics, that's where they came from. And, um, and they're very relevant because they're actually, a lot of the phrases are from things that he heard them use live that day uh, what's also neat about it, the chorus in particular that you're talking about you know first it's an e and the second time it's an f sharp and uh he changes the word first time it's the lies and then uh, chorus two is they hide and chorus three is they hide that's me and sam coming in that's our part <laughs> A piece of the story to tell. Right. But, right. but where I'm going with this, but his delivery and the cadences that he did on this specific song, it was, I think it's one of my favorite pieces that he's oh, yeah. ever done. You well, know he's, I mean? been, he's been like, um, how, how do I, like growing his voice, changing his voice over the years into not just like pure melodic vocals, if you will. And that's from a lot of us touring. I mean, I mean, he's been bringing out more grit. You know, he he has his voice. You know, you're not going to hear obituary style vocals from him. <laughs> but right. he's he's changed his approach. Um, and in this song in particular, which is quite a it's, it's an aggressive, fast paced song, and he he definitely changes his um, technique to and on a couple songs to deliver that, and then just like. Yeah, him. He's he's a perfectionist, dude. You know, on every you know whether it's guitar, whether it's singing, and things like that. And yeah, he pushes like what he chose to sing, and he does it live as well, which is really cool. I, would, I wouldn't I wouldn't say what he sings. I would say how he sings it, because like I said, the cadences I thought was super unique and super 
like I, I just love everything about this track. So that's why it's my favorite. And yeah. it's a great, I think it's a great, you know, it sums up the album for me. It's a great well, title. Yeah. It's a great everything. It is. Um, and it's, it's the most progressive, you know, I have to word, use that word very carefully because <laughs> a progressive band be like, what are they even talking about? But there's, there's quite a few parts to it. It's a it's a longer song for us. We're we're typically a much more just meat and potatoes, you know, three to four minute song band, and we we structured things. Um, we we aimed for that in the past quite a bit. You know, we just like in and out. Let's keep it, you know, keep it simple, stupid. You know, keep it stupid, simple. Keep it simple. Stupid. <laughs> but, um, and and uh, we, you know, I remember he this song started. He he gave me a repeating line that had two phrases and then i took that and then i added all the harmonies so the intro really is one figure of well it's two figures that repeat over and over and over but it builds and builds and builds. i had a lot of fun with that you know so i sent out like what do you think of this it's like dude that's fucking great <laughs> and then we got the thrash section and then that has multiple pieces in itself. Then the, the two dual solos with, with a harmony. So this kind of has all the bells and whistles in it back into the chorus, back into an outro. And I wrote this big fucking outro. That's um, which, and I sent it to Lucas and, and my outro probably was, I don't know how long the outro is now. Maybe it's a minute or maybe it's a minute and a half, but it, <laughs> it was twice as long. <laughs> it was, and I thought it was great, you know? I all these different like uh, drum because uh, I pro we programmed the drums when we were writing these songs, and um, as best as we can, you know, I've been doing that for a while, so I can I think make cool drum beats. And Lucas is, is actually he can play drums, and so he'll make them. A drummer would do it more like this. He makes, and then we present it to Joey, and so we give him seventy five percent or sixty percent, and then he takes it, makes it real, you know, right. And then he right. changed things as well, uh, here and there as well. But like, so we give him like he's not just touched uh, starting from, from from nothing, you know. But I and think that's uh, helpful. Absolutely, man. And and uh, we we can't forget this too. So there is a lyric video for this if people want to check that this yeah. this one out. Really killer. Um, and even if you're not into lyric videos, I know a lot of people aren't, and a lot of people are. And but the song is just, I think it's fucking great. This is definitely my favorite track from the album. Um, well, so definitely people need to check it out, too, man. Um, for our third, you know, I I didn't think that we'd get a third single, and that's through like Ripple Music, you know, like wanting to push this album, get people interested in it, and then they worked through a company called Purple Sage PR, which is actually from France. But anywho, um, she's like, oh, you guys want to push a third single because we've done two. I can't take it, and I want more. And I'm like, no, we're not, we're not shooting another video or anything. So we were just gonna. She's like, well we can do a song and I'd like to pitch it to these, these platforms and whatnot, see who bites. And, uh, but, uh, a, a, she called it a motion video, which, which I, I believe it means lyric video with, and, um, so yeah, we, we, we created that pretty goddamn, I, that thing had to be uploaded on a specific day by 9am. And we, we got, <laughs> cause the first draft, we got it. It looked cool, but there's like three glaring typos, and I don't want to be that goddamn band that has like misspellings and one whole like uh, sentence was wrong, you know, lyrical sense. But we got it in, and um, it got featured on Decibel, which I think is pretty cool. Congratulations on that! Thanks, man. Yeah, I was literally just going to mention that, but um, anyway, let's um, so let's go to uh, to track six. So this is like 
in the Eric Kluber camp, I've noticed a lot of this where like you'll sing like a song on each yeah. of these records. It's really cool. It's like super unique to like what the band is, and I'm and it's kind of like a cool title. It's Mac- MacGyver's Mullet. I kind of like laughed out loud hearing it for the first time. Yeah, and, like, yeah. and I love the show, obviously. It's a great does. fucking show. But I'm saying it's it's so Eric Kluber to sing a song called MacGyver's Mullet. It just makes so much sense. And what's funny about that, that was a working title, which I thought was great. But I wasn't going to name the song that. And then, and this is another like idea I had. Very, pretty much complete um, um, from years ago. And like repolished it and presented it to the band. Like, I think this could be cool. Let's try it out. And here's the words. You know, I wrote the words just about my neighborhood, uh, which is, is, is Hollywood here. And in my take on it, which is actually a love affair with, with Hollywood for all its warts, for all the good and all the bad, it is what it is, but it drew us to it. And we're here. This is my home. It smells my, like piss, but it feels like home to me. And 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 then, so we were doing it, and it's a fun rocking tune. It's like, that's kind of, and, um, but Lucas was singing. He's like, dude, I'm just. You sing it like I I like because I demoed it, you know, with the words and shit. And and it's like, I like how you did it, man. And I think this is you. This is this is you should do this song. And we'd done it once before on Stranded, with everything sucks. And that was a song that Lucas wrote all the words and stuff too. Um, but it's like, I hear this in your voice. Like I think this would be better, and, and that's pretty cool. Like I'm not, like we're not a band that's like fifty fifty or anything. We're saying like I do like. Uh, like like one song here or there, you know, but it, it's fun and it gives Lucas a chance when we do play it live. Gives Lucas a, a chance just to rock out and, and give his voice rest, and um, so that's how that came out. But but um, I was gonna rename it to Grace, which is the name of like like my uh, apartment complex. And Sam's like, you can't call it Grace. That sounds like my grandma. You know, I'm like, all right, well, so it should be 18, it should be, it should be um, MacGyver's mullet. And he's like, yeah, it should be. <laughs> so, so, uh, he convinced me, and that's how we work, you know, it's, it's cool. Awesome. I love that dynamic. Yeah, right position, definitely. Well, you, guys got a, you guys got a super cool dynamic. I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. So that's yeah, a fun punk rock, rock song, and uh, it's something, and that I thought was cool. Unfortunately, the band liked it as well. And, and Lucas and, does like a, an insane solo. He <laughs> does many, but like this one in particular is ridiculous. Well, and I uh, also one thing. Oh, one last thing. And this is what's kind of neat and it's generational a little bit. Is there's like a rhythm, and we actually wrote that part here, just jamming in my uh, apartment. We do that too because like. Because there's just the three of us, like whether we go get together to rehearsal space or here, that's fine. And yeah, I think that was just me and Lucas, but like he's like, What the fuck is that rhythm? You know? Is it's like because you know Dilla Dillits it's just a it's just a pairing of sixteenth notes and stuff it's like tri- that. Uh, triplets. It's a it's a they're what yeah. triplets. But like even that, so like, what is what are you doing? And like, it gets a close, but it's so. I mean, it's just a note just chugged a certain way, you know. 
but it is so funny that like that was because that's like something that like wouldn't be um in his bag of tricks then like i pulled out like so you can play a couple notes like a really cool way and it makes them cool otherwise they'd just be a couple notes absolutely that was, uh, that's the rhythm underneath the solo that's the little part absolutely cool. you know i think it's super unique that you and lucas kind of found each other um yeah. so uh i mean here, here's the thing a lot of people don't make it to your specific level um you know throughout the the years of experience to to play music so i think it's super unique that you guys found each other like not not early on in your career but like like not even later in your career but it's like it, it right now it's just a super cool dynamic that you guys have and that you found is a super unique so congrats on that um, yeah, I think it works. Well, that's um the magic of los angeles and hollywood california and i really do blame it to that and the metal <laughs> gods and 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 you know we had um both all of us actually had kind of intermixed without even knowing it for for many years i mean the, the metal scene is so small like so many shared friends and whatnot but um it, it did seem to filter itself out in a very good way. And, Absolutely. and the ingredients were like really complement each other. And it's, it's like super, I just wouldn't, you can't, you can't buy that. It, it just happened. Oh and, yeah, dude. But I, I will say it's like, you know, cherish that because a lot of, a lot of people that we know um, are no longer kind of with us anymore. So like I said, it's a super unique. Levels, yeah. Yeah, so cherish it, you know. Um, so let's move on to um, uh, the instrumental track from this record. I thought it was again super unique. It was it's uh, it's encounter. Um, so talk to me a little bit about this track, how it came ab about, and and how you placed it in the record is kind of unique. Well, um, that was something that Lucas had come up with at rehearsal, and will constantly be just like. When, when a good idea pops its head out and, and we're captured, we did, and going through tapes, and he found that. And we had jammed that, like kind of, Herman was still part of the band. That was straight from rehearsal, like, oh, that's cool. And it either was captured or we redid it and captured it then. But um, it, 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 was, it was a really cool, it was a cool piece, and it ended up just syncing up to Poltergeist, like, like awesome so like, it builds it up it's very iron maiden you know i do straight up iron maiden goddamn lead but that was that's what i heard and and, and it fits it right but the bump 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 that's very van halen and that's lucas just doing it and you know lucas is can do all the van halen fit man and i think at the time like maybe we we're even like playing panama or something for some reason like i think and um yeah, so he was like in a Van Halen mode and came up with that and started jamming and it got captured and it seemed like a like a valid piece, you know, like no, this is more than just like a like a like a silly stupid idea. And one other cool thing about it, I mean it's just very simple. It is essentially an intro to poltergeist. Ended up being that way because they just merge, they mesh. But Absolutely. then uh in the studio lucas was uh, goofing around uh mike by the way we recorded with mike from devil driver mike spritzer 
And oh, okay. I didn't know him from fucking, I don't know him at all. Well, I do now, but <laughs> I worked with him. But like, that's because Lucas was in a band called Heaven Below with Patrick Kinnison. And they had worked together. And then actually Lucas uh, filled in for Mike when he couldn't do a show, which was not fast in Mexico City with Devil Driver. So like, I mean, that's, that's kind of crazy in itself, right? But like when we were um, thinking of people to record with and like Lucas, like, I, I, you know, I, I really think Mike would be very good. We should give it a shot, you know? And so we did, and and anyway, so we're recording in in Mike's uh, studio in Torrance, and he has a lot of pedals. He really likes pedals, Mike does, which which is cool, and that's what I think is very awesome. Um, 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 like card in, in a producer's deck. I think you should like pedals and different sounds and things to play with, and and we're actually playing this and. There's this like synth sound. That's not a synth. That's just like some weird chorus modulator pedal, and uh, with delay on it and weird sounds. And uh, I thought that was uh, to me. It sounded like sticks. Domorigato, Mister Obato. I don't know why, but it did. That's what it reminded me of. And so when we got our first mixes back. I'm like, no, that part has to be like, like pump that up. Don't bury that. It hits something. Awesome. Well, yeah, that's the instrumental track. Awesome, and obviously it goes directly into Polter Polter guys, which again, that's it's it's yeah. very unique. It's very unique in the placement of the record, so I just really appreciated that as well. well um, it is cool, man, and that's kind of like that's a fun um, actual album thing. It it's it, it's a breath, it's a smoke break song. It's uh, <laughs> it is it, it, it something that made. I mean. Maybe a lot of bands don't do that much anymore. And that was pretty regular back in the day. Absolutely, man. Ingredients Absolutely. to throw in there. Yeah, dude. I mean, you mentioned Van Halen, right? 1984. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, now, let's talk Poltergeist. It's super heavy track. I mean, like, su- I, I, the, the first riff just, like, is super crushing. So, again, man, this sounds like something you would come up with. I just... Um, I didn't know what did I? I think I did. <laughs> well, no, I, I, did I? here's the deal. Well, that was an old, old, old riff. We should have recorded this song a long time ago. In fact, I think that we had submitted this song back when we were recording Dehumanize. That's how old this riff is from. And it is very stoner. It's a stoner rock riff. And, uh, I, I, I think I came up with, I think I'll take credit for that one, but it's been so long ago. Don't send the lawyers out to me. I don't know. But like it was cool. And it was something that was like either completely either yeah, it was either shelved or misplaced or like, yeah, we had forgotten about it. And yeah, we we you know, when it's time for right, we wrote this album. That being said, our last gig, uh live gig, because we're always doing live gigs, and I just always, you know, it was never was was September eleventh, two thousand nineteen. And we finished this entire album, the whole process from like zero. But obviously, we're we're, we're pulling from the past. But still, like within three months, you know. But it just worked really. I feel like we worked very hard on it, you know. And um, but that being said, uh, where do we get these ideas and these? Oh, remember this one? <laughs> oh yeah, that was cool. So that was an old idea, and it and yeah, it's it's kind of once again outside. Um, 
it's, it's a different song. Uh, that's our stoner rock song. And, um, and, and also, and I think all these songs really like just, just Lucas just makes it. It's, it's uh, for me, a pretty simple song. I don't do much. I do a little something like Danzig style, John, <laughs> John Christ style fill yeah. slash solos. Absolutely. Um, is there actually, I don't think there was like an actual main guitar solo in that. There's just like riffage in the middle. And um, but, it's all but, about. And Lucas came out with a bing, a bing, a bing. He came up with that just in the studio. He just like, man, this guy. It's a pretty like. He just heard it in his fucking head, man. And we we're and I was doing my parts. He was like, oh wait, can I see the guitar? And he just like, let me try this. This might be cool. And I was like, oh yeah, that's fucking awesome, man. That's on the chorus. <laughs> and and so like, that's the part I played. But that's his part. But but there is something to be said about not having a solo for every song too. Yeah 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 man, and that was you know they overdid it in in, in certain eras where like no we're never gonna have solos again that stuff's never coming back no one likes it. but yeah having a variance is cool so there's like a little fill in between like verse one and verse two and an outro solo and it's it's like I said a pretty simple song for me which is Absolutely. fun I like to Absolutely. just rock out I think so track nine. Inferno, fire. Inferno, yeah. Which is what this song is. Um, I here's let me let me let me blow some smoke real quick, as I call it, right? Oh, um, cool. It's I a see. it's a very it's a very melodic piece. It literally sums up the whole record for me. It has all the elements of all the previous songs combined into like one song, which is what I always felt was the perfect uh, closing track to any record. Was you needed to have either a a bombastic just like cutthroat killer like dyer's eve yeah yeah or or you have elements of every song that was prevalent on the record put it all in one song and then that's the closing so that's what this one is for me um i could be totally wrong on it but again walk me through it man so inferno um this is another song that lucas presented and i'm, tr I'm just trying to think if there's any ex exceptions about the tune now he, he pretty much had this one all mapped out for the beautiful beginning which is just gorgeous <laughs> um and then but there's a trick to it and that was like it's like yeah i wanted to like kind of lure people in and then you think the song is going this certain way and boom and it's yeah he wrote all all these riffs actually it's actually the next riff i mean it's it's um it's a challenging song um, rhythmically to do. And then around the tour we had just done before that, uh, we had covered a Thin Lizzy song, which is, and I want to say the name of it, but I can't think of what it is. But, um, and he, and, and I think that was still fresh in our just, just blood. And, um, and he, and he wrote this middle section that we come in. He does like a killer fucking solo, you know? And I'm just like banging out power chords and shit. And then we do this very cool, very thin, Lizzy, very awesome uh, dual harmony there, which is, if you have two guitars in a band, you should do this stuff. And, um, and then it goes into a next section. And we had to kind of figure out how to get into it. Um, it kind of it goes back into the intro again and then like the big outro 
which there's to me like to me for some reason the song even though the riffs are not like this to me this is like overall a very Def Leppard song (laughs) like from Pyromania era I can see that 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 makes sense dude it makes total sense (laughs) I love this dude and then so this outro so it was very open-ended man and I and I had written the first half so it's kind of cool we're going back he's singing Actually, I don't know what to say. And then I, I answer them and stuff like that. And then, but it, it builds and builds. And I do like kind of an outro solo stuff. I mean, kind of actually fade to blackish, really. And this was my last day of recording. And we were running out of time. And the pre- I started to feel the pressure because, like, the end of it was fucking improv, <laughs> which, which is improv's fun but like you're kind of under the gun and it's got to sound cool and so like we were just like riffing and just going and and putting it together man it turned out fucking awesome like the outro part so i had like a lot of the so i think it's very pretty it's a very beautiful song it's it's and and this once again is is a little bit i mean is it a ballad i mean there's some kind of is a ballad but it it fucking rips as well so it's kind of uh there's more to it it's not like an 80s ballad or anything like that but then again it has some like very beautiful parts to it but then very heavy parts to it but it's not like it's not 2000 style remember 2000 style where it was like one of the others like we're super heavy oh now we're super very pretty for a second i'm angry i'm happy you know but i'm sad no it's 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 done differently but it's elements and 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 um, and it's a great song. And the fact that it fades out and just with a fucking ripping like kick ass. Yeah, but it encaps like I said, it encapsulates literally the rest of the record in one song. And I I think that's the perfect closing kind of track for me. Yeah, that so, one just set it up. I think there was no question that song was going to close the album. So that is pretty much great for rising, Eric. You know, great for rising, right? Our so, first full-length LP. <laughs> that's not true at all, dude. That's <laughs> bullshit, dude. You can go back to episode one and and your whole career. So, you know, you had tons of shit. I was just saying for this specific project, technically, on a technicality-wise, right? This yeah. your your mindset. This this is uh, uh, your first LP. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I'm, I'm very proud of it. And we did work harder on this one. We just did. We just did. I think we wanted to one up everything. But especially and, uh, during a time when everyone has downtime, you want to one up everything. You want to. Like, we didn't know that at the time. Nothing was shut down. When we wrote it, everything was just normal. Oh, okay. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we, we wrote it all before everything, before everything shut down. That just worked out for us to focus just on finishing that record Absolutely. because because live gigs were canceled well eric uh, i want to thank you so much for coming on on the show and hanging with me and and talking the record and and but before we get out of here i always like to give out the links um where people can find the album people can check it out um and uh yeah give me all your links man avoid vader v-o-i-d-v-a-t-o-r and we're on all the platforms. So whichever, choose your poison. If you're an Apple person, go to Apple Music. 
If you're a Spotify person, go YouTube person, go there. Amazon person. If you're a physical copy person, you can order through Bandcamp. You can order through us. You can order through Ripple Music. Um, you can see us live and, and, and just get it right there because you don't, you know, maybe you don't trust online orders. I mean, we've got all the bases covered. Absolutely. Well, Eric, you know, and like I said, thanks so much again for coming on the show, man. It really means a lot. You are the alumni. I will uh, always, you know, proud. you always got a fucking uh, a spot here on Poppet's Corner. So another episode, guys, I'm out of here. Cheers.